What is up, y'all? You are listening to Life at the Helm, and I'm Robbie, your host. This is episode two, and the title is, Is It Really That Simple? Question mark. And this podcast is going to be, or this episode, excuse me, is going to be geared more towards um, a believer, so that's someone who's a Christian. Um, but if you're not, feel free to listen to this because I'm just going to share um, my struggles and be real about, be real about questions that um, I have myself. And, and what God has shown me um, when I have these questions and I search uh, the scriptures for his answer. So um, with that title, is it really that simple? Um, you know, I, I, I would ask anybody that listens to this. And especially if you're a believer, um, you know, I'm going to pose a question right now. And I would appreciate if you're listening on Anchor, uh, that you guys would send a message. But the question, uh, when I say that, is it really that simple? I'm asking um, about the Christian walk. If it really is as simple as um, some make it seem to be, um, you know, all the Christianese stuff that we post about, we make, um, I don't know if you can call it a Christian meme, but uh, you guys know what I'm talking about. Where they have scriptures and they're very encouraging and they're trying to lift you up. So I'm talking about, is it really that simple to be a Christian? Is it really that simple about the word and what it says about being a Christian? And so it brought me to this scripture that came to mind, and it's in Matthew chapter 11. It's verses 28 through 30. It says, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now, again, I've been a Christian now. Uh, by the grace of God, for 11 years, um, two weeks ago was my anniversary. Um, coronavirus done screwed it all up. I had some dope plans, but didn't get to do them. And man, people are so weird, you know? Not to get all off topic, but uh, maybe yeah, this was weird what I was going to do. But I had this dope idea where I was kind of, I wanted to make like a little documentary thing and kind of talk about like my walk and, and how I got to be where I'm at right now as a Christian and what my life was like as a kid, um, uh, junior high and then high school, and I ended up getting saved my my second semester in high school. So I thought about doing that. I went down to my old um, my old apartments where I used to grow up as a kid, and I don't know if it was the coronavirus that's freaking these people out or what, but um, I went in there and I just wanted to do some some small little B-roll shots. Can okay, walking in with my iPhone, all right? I ain't walking in with a dang rig like some of these YouTubers got. And then, you know, I was just trying to do some cool slow-mo shots or whatever. And uh, I, I went to the old apartment that we had. Um, I think it was apartment 11, if I remember when I walked up there. It might have changed. But I just wanted to do this real quick shot where I had this idea of... Um, the way that that apartment was, or that room, or whatever you would call it, it was situated in the corner. So you would walk up the stairs. Imagine you're walking up the stairs, and then you got two ways you can go. You can go left or right, and then the apartment kind of forms a square. So we lived upstairs when I was a kid. 
and our apartment was to the left and it was the very first apartment uh, right there situated in the corner. So I had this dope idea of doing a slow B-roll shot where I was coming in and just pointing at the door. And, you know, I don't know. I don't know how I planned it working out or whatnot. But, um, you know, I was like, you know, instead of just doing this shot and then some guy opening the door and see some random Mexican-looking, Filipino-looking dude <clears throat> with this camera <laughs> taking video, I thought I would ask him, hey, you know, can I go and um, videotape your door? So I went, knocked on his door. This was super awkward. I'm surprised I even did it. If you know me, this is like way outside of me but i went and asked him hey you know can i shoot just the front of your door nothing in your windows just the front of your door man uh i know this is weird i literally told him that i said i used to live here years ago and i mean we're talking about years i'm 28 about to be 29 this is like when i was five years old till i was about 11 years old and so i asked him hey man can i can i shoot this video here just every door he's like no and well he didn't so know right away he was actually uh he was mexican and it was kind of hard to understand him i wasn't sure if he was saying like no or it's okay it's not okay i had to ask him a couple times and then he finally just said no don't do that i was like all right so i walked out as i'm walking downstairs apparently i was being watched and some chick who was not the landlord comes and she was like hey how did you get in here i'm like uh the gate was open so i just kind of walked in and I was like, I used to live here. And she's like, you can't just be walking up in here. And I was like, uh, this is La Mirada, okay, guys? For y'all don't know, that don't know this, uh, there's probably not a wider neighborhood without going to the OC than La Mirada in the LA OC um, county areas, right? And this girl was all chola right here, and she was trying to like, you can't be coming up in here. And I'm like, look, man, I used to live here when I was a kid. I was just shooting some video. You know, I didn't try to get in a video of anybody. She kind of just gave me, she smacked her lips, like, <sighs> got all pissed. And then she just walked away. And so rather than stay and try and shoot any more B-roll, because I did have one more shot I wanted to do, I didn't end up doing it. I took off because I did not want her to call the cops on me. Uh, I don't even know if what I was doing was illegal, but um, I didn't think it was a big deal. Excuse me. And so, yeah, I took off and... Yeah, coronavirus is just screwing everything up right now. But back to this topic. Um, I don't know even why I got off on tangent on that. But is it really that simple? So again, I've been a Christian now for 11 years. And I honestly feel like now, more than any time in years past, I'm really finally getting in deeper to the meat of what the Bible has to say. I've heard it said, and I can't remember where it was said, but it was said that, um, I think it's the Bible or theology, whatever it was, you can insert whichever one, but it said that, um, let's just use the Bible. The Bible is, is shallow enough where a kid can play in it, right? Meaning that it's, it's, it's simple to understand, right? We're sinners, uh, without Without somebody paying for our sins, we all deserve hell. So it's so simple in that in that Jesus Christ, who lived a holy life, came and died for all of us, the Bible says in John 3, 16, the whole entire world for the past, the present, and the future sins. He died for everybody and all of their sins. And that if we would just believe in Jesus Christ, Romans 10, 9, uh, we would be saved. And so now... 
and also it says that the Bible is also deep enough that a scholar can drown in. And that is so true. Because then when you start thinking about the Trinity and that God, the Father, and Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit are all one, but they're also separate, that my mind can't comprehend it. And I think that's the part where you can definitely get drowned in. But is it really then simple? As you mature and as you start reading your word more, you start seeing that some of the commandments that we have are really that simple. Um, and, and when and reading this verse, you know, when I, when I first became a Christian, um, I didn't know what to expect. I honestly thought naively it could, because no one told me these things. Mind you, I was going to church with my, my dad who was new to this just as much as I was. And I didn't, I didn't expect it. <laughs> if I could, man, I don't know what I would say if I'd go back and meet a younger me at 18 years old to tell them all stuff I know now. But I would tell anybody out there listening, it's not easy. It is by far the most hardest thing you'll ever do in your life if you decide to make that decision. But what comes from making this decision far outweighs anything else you could gain gain in this, this world. And again, as you start to dig a little bit deeper, you see a lot of these commandments are not as hard as I think we can make them out to be. I know uh, maybe if you're listening today, um, and you're not a Christian, and you may have said, man, you guys got too many rules. There's all these do's and don'ts. Uh, really, the Bible just tells you that, hey, man, you, you do this, we have free will. And even today as a Christian, I still have free will. Um, I can do as I please. Uh, but the but the the thing is, is, is when I made a confession to accept Christ, I also not only accepted him as Savior, but I confessed him to be my Lord. Now, um, does he always lord in my life? Do I always walk like that? Um, probably not, to be honest with you. But that is the truth of it. Um, just because I have free will doesn't mean I should be able to do. Um, no, just because I have free will, excuse me, doesn't mean I should do whatever the hell I want to do. There's consequences for that. And really, that's what the Bible tells you, at least right here in the New Testament, right? Because Old Testament is um, there to teach us and to tutor us about... Uh, what it was like for the the Jewish nation and, and how they stumbled and how they made all these mistakes. It's meant for us to learn from that. But the New Testament is where Christians um, live at and die at, so to speak. And so, you know, back then I thought, man, everything's going to be peachy. Everything's going to be cool. I got Jesus now. I ain't going to want to sin no more. This is great. Like, this is fantastic. And then, boom, uh a week later or so or two weeks later, you know, reality hits in that, you know, I still have all these ungodly desires um, that I had before I made that profession. And I still battle with them to this day. And and then and digging in deeper, like I said, as I've, I've as I've started to grow, I've seen that, man, the things that scripture tells us to do, it doesn't they're not as hard as. As I think we make them out to be. The Bible really is simple. I think the problem and the issue is, is that we make things a lot harder on ourselves. So here in this in this scripture of Matthew 11, um, Jesus is speaking to uh, the Jewish people and he, he's beckoning them to come to him. And he says, all you who labor and all you who are heavy laden and I will give you rest. And, you know, I think a lot of people say that, um, 
that you know ah oh, Christians you know Jesus is your crutch Jesus is um your your wheelchair whatever and 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 he is he really is and I heard it said from a pastor before and I love that you said yeah you're right he is my crutch he's my wheelchair um he's he's the hospital he's everything he's he's all of it and we, and we need him and to be honest with you I've never met a person in my life that's ever come to Jesus out of uh, having everything together where their life is just perfect, they're rich, they're healthy, and they didn't make the decision to come to Christ. Because really, nobody comes to Christ until, you know, ish hits the fan, so to speak. You know, stuff gets real and people start thinking like, oh man, like, I'm not as invincible as I thought I was. I'm not, you know, not going to be able to live forever. <laughs> but um, you you begin to think and you read you read this scripture and I, that was me years ago. I was heavy laden and, and labored and I needed rest. And now the crazy part and now why I'm coming back to this full circle is that I kind of feel like this again. Um, these past three years have been crazy. Just so crazy. Um, getting humbled. And I feel heavy laden again. And I feel lab and I feel like I'm working again. And... I said, like, you know, why am I feeling like this? If the Bible is that simple, which I know it is, I've I've read this, I've read the whole New Testament. I know that it's simple. Why am I why am I feeling like this again? And so this is kind of just what I wanted to talk about today was, you know, is it really that simple? Again, this is more geared towards people, of course, that are believers, but I'm sure there's something in here, even if you're not a believer, you could hear just again from my perspective, a person that's been a Christian for a while now, yes, 11 years, but I never grew up in the church. Uh, I came from Egypt, so to speak. So um, I know both sides of the spectrums, I guess you can say. And so is it really that simple? So I think when you're reading scripture, you know, you read at face value, it's be like, okay, you know, Come to me, all you, who are la- all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, and I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So, you read that at face value, and it's like, all right, if I got some troubles and I got some burdens, Jesus, call me. But uh, if I don't have any of those things, and you know, I'm straight, I'm good to go. Um, that's not the case. I think a lot of us have a lot of different burdens and a lot of different labors that we do that we don't even think about that we're doing we don't even notice it until sometimes until it's too late um you know i think suicide i haven't i'm don't quote me on this i'm not looking at the facts or or um the numbers but i think it's at the highest probably it's ever been right now and i think that number is probably climbing and it's really affecting my generation um the millennials um all this stuff that's happening right now and again i i really do believe that we're all it's we're all laboring and we're all heavy laden and i think at some point in our lives we all have to come to a point where they're going to make that decision to either accept jesus or deny him so also what helps um for those of you who don't know and for christians who maybe don't even know um, if you ever want to study scripture and you really want to break it down, it's very good to look at the original language that it was uh, written in. And for the New Testament, it was uh, a lot of Greek. And so you look at some of the words. So what does it mean? You know, what does that word labor mean? All you who labor. So that word labor 
in the Greek is kopai, kopaeo. I'm probably butchering it, but it's K-O-P-I-A-O. And it means to labor with wearisome effort and toil. And then that word heavy laden, it means burden. And it means forteso. And that means to load with a burden specifically to overburden with rights and unwarranted uh, precepts. Meaning to put all kinds of rules and regulations that nobody could really ever live up to. Um, I think that makes that very hard is basically the law. You know, if you were to try to live by the law, which none of us can, but if you were to try it, it's impossible. You will not last. Um, and so, and lo again, looking at this, it's, it seems so simple that if I come to Jesus, right, again, taking it at face value, if I come to Jesus, he says, all who labor and are heavy laden, he's going to give me rest. So that, that kind of thing is like, well, I become a Christian and things are going to get easy, right? That's what it should mean. I become a Christian and I ain't going to have a worry in the world. Everything's going to be peach, peachy. I ain't going to be broke. I'm not going to get cancer. Just, damn, life's going to be great. And that. Sadly, is not the case. If anything, and that's what I think a lot of people that are not Christians don't understand. I think it's easy to point at us and say that um, we're very self-righteous and we're bigots and we hate people. And all we care about um, is ourselves, blah, 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 whatever else people want to say. Um, man, that is farthest from the case if if you could only see behind the scenes of what it is that someone struggles with and that people go through as a christian it's cannot compare cannot compare and so you know reading this you might think like dang that 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 should be the case so why would somebody get like this again and here's where i kind of did some digging and i listened to uh, a couple different pastors and in, in studies in regard to the scripture and both of them, this is coming from John Corson and, and Chuck Smith, and, and I agree with this. As a Christian, I think things can be become hard again. We can start laboring again and we can feel heavy laden again because of sin. And we're going to sin to the day we die. So that's not what I mean by that. I mean, when you're stuck in habitual sin, you're uh, watching pornography or you're sleeping with your boyfriend or your girlfriend and you guys aren't married, or you're drinking and you're getting drunk, or you're doing drugs and it's messing with you psychologically. I'm talking about that kind of stuff. I believe that those things give us a burden and it gives us this, this, this heavy burden, this heavy laden that we start carrying on ourselves as Christians. And then... What ends up happening, which has happened in my case, is that we um, begin to labor. So I got all this weight of sin back on me again. And somehow I have disregarded, maybe some of you have, maybe some of you haven't, disregarded the word of God and what it says about asking for forgiveness and that God is faithful and just. It says in First John 1, 9, that if we confess our sins, um, he is faithful and just to forgive us. But we, we strap on this 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 heavy laden, this this burden that we have and it's sin again. We got it back on. And then we begin to labor to take that off, to, to somehow rid ourselves of that weight by doing some kind of good work. I know that's my biggest issue and biggest struggle is um, not only asking and, and asking God for forgiveness, but believing and trusting that he's forgiven me. Somehow 
11 years now, I have gotten back to the point where I don't feel forgiven. Uh, I feel like I have to work off my sin. I feel like I have this debt. And you know what, God, I got to do, do good works. I got to be nice to people. I got to be reading my word every day. I got to be listening to worship. I got to cut back on listening to all the other crap that's on my, my Apple Music, you know. Um, cut back on watching YouTube and tech crap. And I need to focus on you, God. And if I do all these things, bam, like, you know, you got me. I'm straight. I'll be good again. But that's just not the case. Jesus is saying to come to him and he would... And he will give us rest. But when we don't and we try and labor and take off our own burdens, it's it's a catch-22, right? It's a, it's a never-ending cycle. I, And it's also sin for me to not turn to him and deny him and deny his word. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lonely in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Jesus had one yoke. He had one burden, so to speak, right? And it was just to... Live for God. And there may be some of you, and, and, and I, I'm right there with you, who are like, Rob, yo, dude, this is stupid. You make it sound like it's supposed to be, oh, yeah, I just want to live to please God. Like, yeah, that's easy. I know. I know it's not. I know it's not because biblically, <coughs> excuse me, biblically it even says, and I'm going to get there real quick because I do want to reference some scriptures here. The Galatians 5. And here it is, 516. I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. It's not that easy. The problem is, is our flesh. It gets in the way. It stops us from doing a lot of things that we should be doing for the Lord. And... But again, there's no way for anybody out there that maybe maybe there's just one person. Maybe somebody's listening and he's like, I don't struggle with you, what you struggle with. Well, fine, man. That's cool. Do, do your thing. What a blessing. If you got it together, pray for me. I need it. I need all the prayer I can get. I'm not coming from a place of I know it all. Uh, I'm coming from a place of just being busted up and broken down and and feeling stuck again. I just want to share what God's word says and maybe it it could encourage somebody out there. Um, cause it did encourage me and it's still a work in progress. Again, I'm not there yet. Uh, it's still something my mind is just in my heart are having a tough time with. And I believe really it's just a ploy of the enemy, man, just to get me to stumble here and be stuck on this. But the weight that we have is a weight of sin. You know, there's people that live lives and, and, and do sin and, and don't give a crap. You know, they don't really care about what they're doing, who they're hurting. Um, you know, they're just living it up. But sooner or later, the Bible says that it's going to catch up to them. Your sin's going to find you out. Your sin is going to, um, you know, make you... Uh, it doesn't say repent. I'm trying to find that scripture, so hold up. Give me a second. I believe it is somewhere right here. It's in Jeremiah. Y'all bear with me here real quick. It's a one scripture, of course. It just came to mind, but I don't have it written down. So bear with me here. Um, yeah, how y'all liking this Cali weather for anybody that's in Cali? 
it's so weird. It's freaking hot, and then it's cold, and then it's hot again, and then it's cold. It's like that dang Katy Perry song, which I don't know the name of, but it reminds me uh, of that song. And I don't know if I'm going to be able to find it. To be real with y'all. I know it's like a verse 2, verse 3 or something. It's in Jeremiah, but it says, basically, it says, like, your sin's going to cause you to repent. It's going to it's gonna be your own undoing. But sin is, is what causes this weight and this burden that we have. And laboring to try and take that off just adds more weight to it. It adds more weight and we'll never be rid of it. And uh, one of the studies I was listening to, I think it was uh, Papa Chuck, the man, the myth, the legend, um, that said that we have this restlessness, this tiredness. We don't have rest because of this godlessness um, in our lives. And, that, and that's true. I, I know as a, when I wasn't a believer and I wasn't going to church and I was doing my own thing, I did have this restlessness. I felt like, man, there's nothing here on this earth that can can satisfy. And I, and I was a kid, you know, thinking about these things. But I just thought, like, man, like, girls are messed up because they just do me dirty. Guys are kind of just remind me of my real dad. Just, you know, hit and miss, never really there. So you can't rely on them. And I was like, dude, what what could I turn to? And I ain't ever going to be rich. you right. <laughs> that was another thing. I was like, man, this just freaking sucks. I have this restlessness and then becoming a Christian, I think it's possible to get this restlessness again because you take your eyes off of Jesus, right? I have taken my eyes off of Jesus. God's called us to do something that's extraordinary and really extremely impossible to live a holy life, right? It says in first Peter, to be holy for I am holy. Guys, that is impossible to do apart from Jesus Christ. No, no different than the same thing it was. It was. It would have been impossible for Peter to walk on water without Jesus Christ. But just like Peter, right? God calls him out. He says, "He says, Jesus, if it's you, call me out." He's like, "All right, come." And Peter had to hop out that boat and believe that Jesus is who he said he was. And he hops out, and he says, "I'm sorry, he doesn't say anything." He hops out and he starts walking on water. But the problem that he had. And that as Christians, we have at times, and maybe for some people like myself, it could be a long time, is you're, you may be walking on water and, and it doesn't matter how far how, or how, um, how far you got in, in making this trek. The, the problem is when you get hit with what Peter saw. Peter was focused on Jesus. He was looking at him. He was walking on water. But then he looked about and he saw that the storm was raging. This fool was, oh my God, I'm walking on water. Like, what is happening here? And he began, he began to sink. But right by God's grace, he came and he picked him up. By, um, picked him up. Chuck also said that we'll never know rest until we know God. Uh, I know there's a, I think it's a shirt or a sticker or something I saw a while back. It's pretty dope. It says, no God, no peace. K-N-O-W, right? No God. If you know him, you'll know peace. No God, N-O, not having God, you'll have no peace. 
man, that's so true. I think even start looking at all these famous people that are dying and killing themselves and doing all these things, um, but, but having so much stuff around them, so many people around them, it's not enough. And they still commit suicide. They don't have a peace. They have this restlessness that they have in their souls. I know that I've experienced the peace that God's talking about here. I really believe I have. There have been times where um, when I've been in my word and really just just open, man, just humble before the Lord, uh, confessing my sin, repenting of it, and I'm in my word, God is speaking, God is moving, and I have a peace. There may be chaos about me, right, so to speak. I don't think, not let's say that my life is chaotic, but, you know, even times like this right now with the coronavirus and people are scared, man. People are freaked. I mean, I have seen some... Funny memes from some friends, but honestly, um, it's just some crazy stuff. People, the way they're dressed and the things that they're doing to ensure that they're going to get toilet paper and water. and um, It just makes me think, man, if you don't have hope in anything else besides what you see, and if the world is taking a turn for the worse right now, then what are you going to do? See, because as a Christian, and for any believers that are listening, we have a hope. Right, Our hope is that God is going to come back. He's going to take us back to heaven. And this is as bad as it's going to get. But for those of you who don't, for those of you who refuse to believe in Jesus, I have to ask why and what are you going to look to? What if this coronavirus doesn't get any better? And it keeps getting worse. What are you going to look to? Who are you going to look to? Your government? Your family members, your friends, what are you going to do? In worst case, what if you got coronavirus? What are you going to do? And I'm sure somebody would be like, well, what are you going to do? Well, shoot, I don't know if I had a coronavirus. I'm sure I'd hate it, but I would just be like, man, God, take me out quick, please. Take me in my sleep. Take me out. Because, man, I look at this world and truly, you guys, it has nothing to offer. I want a family. I want a wife. I want kids, but... If you were to tell me, or if God were to say, hey, I'll take you right now. I'll take you right now. We'll go to heaven together. I'll take you right now. I'd be like, shoot, take me. Take me. I will give up a wife and kids and friends and family members if I can go and be with you right now and have ultimate peace for the rest of my life. I would love to do that. So looking back at that, at that quote, we'll never know rest until we know God. There is something that I got from... You know, if you've, um, I'm sure everybody has at one point possibly either read or seen the movie um, The Lion and the Witch in the Wardrobe by C.S. Lewis. It is a dope book. I like the book a lot better because I think at that point as a kid, my imagination was just freaking bomb. So I pictured a lot of different things that the movie didn't really portray. But, um. There, uh, he has this quote in, in this book called Mere Christianity. And if you don't know, C.S. Lewis was once a very profound atheist. And then he made the turn to Christianity. And he has this quote. And I, I don't know the page number or the paragraph number or whatever. But you can look it up. Uh, it's pretty famous. But it kind of piggybacks off of, uh, you'll never know rest until you know God. It says, now God designed the human machine to run on himself. He himself is the fuel for our spirits, 
were designed to burn. I'm sorry. He himself is the fuel for our spirits. For our spirits were designed to burn. Or the food our spirits were designed to feed on. There is no other. That is why it is just no good asking God to make us happy in our own way without bothering about religion. God cannot give us a happiness and peace apart from himself because it is it is not there. There is no such thing. Man, that is so profound and so deep, y'all. Because that means that any kind of happiness you're seeking here on earth, ultimately, that's never going to satisfy. Because whether you like it or not, we were created beings. And what this goes and this quote is saying is basically God created us for himself. And it says that in, uh, I believe it's Ephesians 2.10, where it says for his workmanship. He created us for him. So the fact that we would try and, and find things that please us here on earth, besides Jesus, besides God, thinking that it would bring this ultimate satisfaction, this ultimate rest, right? Kind of like we're reading right here in Matthew 11, this ultimate peace is false. It will never happen. And I think that's why you have people that are rich and people that are famous uh, killing themselves because they sought after these things and it brought no kind of um, resolution besides them coming to the revelation that, hey, I have all these things and this ain't enough. I got my wife. I have my car, I have my house, I have money, I have good health. But this is not it. This is not it. The heaviest burden we will ever put upon ourselves, besides this burden of just sin, is to live for ourselves. Because we will never be satisfied. And I wholeheartedly believe in that. You know, me trying to work again to... To show God that I am sorry for my sins, it, it, it's it's a it's another burden I'm putting on myself, but it's not the same burden I felt when before I was a Christian, and when I I was trying to live for myself, I was trying to find some kind of fulfillment. And see, for me, you know, before and I think maybe this could be the next episode. I'll talk about what it was like, what my life was like, and how I became a Christian and why I became a Christian, but um. I forgot where I was going with this real quick. Uh, my thing it was never, I never did any drugs. Um, I never really drank to where I got drunk. I mean, I have had a beer before or two throughout m my whole entire life. and uh, But I never got drunk or even buzzed for that matter. But those things just never really tempted me. But my biggest temptation, even my biggest battle till to this day is, is women. And uh, as a kid growing up, I was like, you know what, man, if I just found my wife, if I just, or when I was a kid, you know, find me a girlfriend that I could stay with for a long time, I'll be good. I'll be straight. They'll, they'll be my fulfillment, quote unquote, right? I didn't really say that, but I definitely believe that in my head and in my heart that that was the answer. Until, of course, you know, I met some disgusting, horrible women uh, from the uh, line of Jezebel from the tribe of Delilah. Man, some crooked nasty snake women but um i had to learn i had to learn that though that that was never going to bring any kind of fulfillment again i still have a desire to get married i still have a desire to have a wife and have kids and start a family i would love there's nothing more here on this earth that i would want to do 
then have a family. But that's never going to bring me any kind of rest. And is it really that simple? It's basically, I'm kind of questioning this scripture. Is it that simple to come to God, to give him our labors, to stop laboring, I'm sorry, really, and to give him our heavy burdens, right? And to let him give us rest. Because you see, and I've heard it said before, and, and scripture backs it up. There's nothing more that I could do to make God love me. Right? I, I wish, I wish, excuse me, that's stupid. But um, I think sometimes I do wish that if I, if I showed God, hey, I'm going to read for like five days straight. I'm going to do these crazy studies and I'm going to. I'm not even going to listen to anything else besides worship music. Just, I got you, Jesus. I love you. Here, look at me. Like, I'm showing you. Man, that doesn't change how much God, how much love God has for me because he already loves me an infinite amount that I cannot comprehend. Um, today's Palm Sunday, and, and for those of you who don't know, Jesus is coming in. It's a week before he's about to be crucified. And finally, on, the, on this day, though, he was, he was glorified. He was praised. Only to be turned on a week later, to be hated, to be spit on, to be um, beaten and bruised for us and our sins and to die on the cross for all of us because of his love. Uh, I forgot where I heard this, but it was pretty dope. It wasn't the nails that kept Jesus on the cross, right? It was his love for us. That, this, oh man, that, it makes no sense. And I and I had sent out the scripture t this morning to my mom and to my sister, and I sent it to a group of guys. And man, it was just humbling to reread this again. And it's Romans chapter five, and it's verses six through eight. It says, "For when we were still without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet perhaps for even a good man, someone would even dare to die." And here's the kicker, and this is my favorite, uh, verse eight. But God demonstrates his own love towards us. And that while we were still sinners, still in our sin, still denying him, still rejecting him, still choosing to live a life for ourselves than to live a life for him. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That, I mean, man, y'all, you don't even have to be a Christian. When I was sitting in church, Going with my dad before I, I stood up to make the, the confirmation that I wanted to accept Jesus into my life. What was killing my heart the most was to think of an innocent man dying for the wrong things that I've done. I, it, doesn't, it didn't register. Why would such a person exist and why would he do that? I committed the wrongs. Why would he have to die for me? And even more so, why would you choose to? That's the biggest thing. Why why would he choose me? Why would you call me? Why would you say, come to me, Rob, you who labor and think that you can do these good works and I would give you more love, you who are heavy laden by your sin, Rob, come, take my yoke. Learn from me, for I am gentle and lonely in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. Guys, when it comes down to it, I really believe that God's word is what it is. 
the Bible is the Bible. The Bible backs up the Bible. And I believe it really is that simple. But I think as humans, we just always have to always overcomplicate things. No, 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 no. You, you, there's no way you're telling me that if I just read my word and if I just go to church and I pray that that that's it. No, I, I have to do something else. I have to do more. There has to be more. There's not. You guys, there's not. My biggest battle and has been my biggest battle since I've been a believer and even before I was a believer was purity. And so I thought, well, okay, well, what does the Bible say about purity? How, how does how does someone become pure? Right? How do I... I'm like, man, God, in this Im, impure world, how in the hell does a man of purity actually exist? I'm like, there's no way. Dude, there's no way. And then I came across the scripture years ago. It's Psalm 119, verse 9. It says, how can a young man cleanse his way by taking heed according to your word? So you mean to tell me that this person who's battling with all these different things in regards to purity, whether it's lust or if it's been pornography or whatever, there's a rabbit hole of stuff you can go down to. But if you're telling me that that for me to be a man of purity, that I just have to take heed according to your word. And God's like, yeah, pretty much. And it's like, whoa, no, 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 no way, no way, no way, God, no way. I got to do this, this, and this. I got to put the filters on my phone. I got to um, block all kinds of stuff. No more Instagram, no more Twitter. Now, mind you, those things are good things to do. Don't get me wrong. So if there's anybody out there that's listening and you're struggling with those things, like porn or you're having sex outside of marriage and Instagram and Twitter and those handles are, are tools for you to use to help aid you to do those things, it's wise to delete them. It's wise to delete friends and get and move on away from people. But my point is, ultimately, those things are not enough because it's so simple. You have to come back to God. You have to come back to his word. Take heed according to his word. It is impossible to continuously envelop yourself in the word, to be washed in the word, to be soaked in it, knowing everything that it says and still have this strong desire to go and sin. If anything, whenever I've met a Christian, and I'll even use myself as an example, that may be caught up in sin or uh, in a sin fest for the weekend or something like that, 10 out of 10 times that person hasn't been in their word in a consistent basis or um, they just may be reading the word, the word of God like as a book, you know, like they're reading uh, Twilight or something. It is that simple. It really, really is that simple. Bible tells me Man, if I just take heed according to his word, I'll be a man of purity. I'll keep my ways pure. The word of God will do the work that it's supposed to do. But I think, you guys, we just make it so hard on ourselves. And now it's crazy, but I think even Bart, the singer from Mercy Me, had a, had admit this in one of his songs before I was, I was listening to it. That he said he felt like he was getting caught up in, in, in a works-based faith. You know, I got to do all these things and I got to show that I love God and I have to prove it. But you guys, nowhere in the Bible does it say that. It all comes down to do we believe what it says or we don't. 
if we do, then believe it, then do it. It's simple. And if we don't, well, then there, that's where that's where the hiccup comes. That's where we get caught up. A quick point, too, I want to go back to, if I can, real quick, backtrack, of just an example of, of having this, this burden, this heavy burden. And uh, earlier I said it was sin, and here's a scripture that kind of backs that up. It's in Psalm 38, written by a man that I really, really, really... Um, respect and and i feel like at times i connect with this guy psalm 38 verse 3 david he says there is no soundness in my flesh because of your indignation there is no health in my bones because of my sin for my iniquities have gone over my head like the waves of a flood as a heavy burden they weigh too much for me my wounds are loathsome and foul because of my foolishness for I do confess my guilt and iniquity. I am filled with anxiety because of my sin. I was reading that out of the Amplified Version for anybody who cares to know. Maybe that's why it's different than the New King James. Um, but David even says here that his sin and him doing these things has brought about this heavy burden on him. So when you come back to the scripture in Matthew 11, is it really that simple? Can we really, really find rest here? I don't think we'll find our ultimate rest here. It's not what I'm saying. But can we have a peace here? Can we have a rest here on earth? Well, Jesus says so. He says, come to me. And I think that's where it all has to start. We all have to make this decision. For somebody who's not a believer, you have to make the decision today to either come to God or don't. And for somebody that is a believer that maybe has walked away and has chosen their sin and has chosen a life of sin, you have to come back. Come to me or come back to me, all you who labor. Those of you who labor right now to try and please yourself and, and you're laboring so you can have the best life you could ever have on this earth. And all of you who labor like myself, who have foolishly thought by their own works that they could bring some kind of peace with God, that God would love them more, that God would accept them more. It doesn't say that. Nowhere does it say that. Imagine, God just had one one yoke, right? Jesus had one yoke, and that was just to please the Lord. They asked Jesus, what are the two greatest commandments? He said, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength, and to love your neighbor. He said, on these two laws, hang the rest of the law. Well, that is so true. And if any of you are curious, read 1 Corinthians 13. That's the real definition of love. Love is self selfless. Truly, truly selfless. And God is pointing out that, man, my word is what it is and it means what it means. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. His yoke is easy because he only has one thing to do. Right? One thing kind of split into two things. Love. To love God and to love people. And his burden is light because there is no more burden of sin. Jesus Christ dying on the cross for us erases that burden. Now I want to speak to anybody out there who may be in a similar spot like I have. Or I am, excuse me. You are caught up in sin again. You are 
borderline just wanting to give up and give in completely. You're done playing these back and forth games. It's not worth it. Because like Peter, you and I both know there is no other place. There is no other person. There is no other thing that is offering what Jesus Christ is offering to us. There really isn't, you guys. I could say I've searched the world. I haven't searched the world. But even where I'm at right now, there is money I could never have enough. Women will never be enough because they're just as human as like as I am. They will never ultimately fully 100% all the time please me. And power is futile because, again, you guys, tomorrow's never promised. I think we forget. And with this coronavirus going around, I think that's the ultimate humiliator right there. Is whether you're wearing your mask, you're wearing your gloves, or I saw a picture of, I think this is in Asia, this mom put mask on her two younger daughters and she cut up a big... Um, you know those one-gallon water bottles, the Crystal Geyser ones? She cut that in half and taped it around their head. Whether you're doing all those things, whether you're doing all that laboring to protect your life, we're all going to die someday. There is no rest for us here on this earth. We were meant and we were created for Jesus Christ and God. We were meant to be with him. He desires to be with us. And I believe he's even allowed this virus to run rapid and do its thing. Because he is calling you, he is calling me. For those of you who don't know that don't know Jesus Christ, he is calling you because he knows you've been desiring. You have this strong desire for eternity. You don't want to die. You want peace. You want love. But you'll never find it here. For anybody who's gone wayward and who's sinning, who's in sin, and God is calling us back. You guys, there is a time coming. We're all gonna be judged. But for the Christians, you will be judged on what you did with Jesus, not for your sin, because Jesus Christ has cleansed us of that. But for those of you without him, you will be judged by your sin, but ultimately by your rejection. We all have a choice, you guys. It is that simple. The Bible is that simple. It is shallow and it is also deep. It is two things at once. Two things can be true. I've always heard it said. Two things can be true. We have a choice. And the choice is ours to make. Free free will can be such a beautiful thing. And sometimes I feel like I hate it. I wish I never had it. Because I often make choices that are wrong. But today, today I'm making a choice to believe God's word. I don't feel like everything is good to go and... And here on out, I'm just going to, you know, just be hunky-dory and always smiling. But, guys, I'm, I'm choosing to believe that um, the Bible is simple. It really is that simple. To be saved, the Bible says that you must confess the Lord Jesus Christ. You must confess your sin and you must believe. And here's the closing um, verse I wanted to end with, and actually a lyric from a song. Uh, one of my 
favorite bands, Memphis Mayfire. Um, they have a song called Legacy, I believe. And one of the lines in the chorus, Maddie Mullins, a singer who is a believer, he says, words only come to life if you believe. Man, how true is that? Right? Because as a believer, we have to believe the word. If we don't believe the word, then it's pointless. Then there's no point to any of this. It doesn't, then you shouldn't be walking. You shouldn't be going to church if you don't believe the word of God. Right? But how funny that it's easy for us to disregard the word of God, believer or not, right? Or have trouble believing it, but somebody talks smack about us or talks down on us, but we believe that. Or so many quotes like, oh, hey, did you see this? I read this on CNN, that da 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 da. We believe that. Coronavirus going on, there's all kinds of different things that are, people are saying that people choose to believe. But man, when God says, hey, I'm your rest. Oh, whoa, 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 I don't, I don't know if you are, I don't think you are. There's no way you could be my rest. Words only come to life if you believe. You have to make a choice. And again, me doing these studies, maybe these podcasts, I don't know who's going to listen. I don't know if it's just going to be friends and family members. I hope not. I hope to God and I pray that there's somebody out there, maybe just one person that's hearing this, that you were praying to God, you've been trying to seek, you've been trying to find, you've been knocking. And I just want to say that God loves you. And God's been calling you. And today you can choose him. And you can choose eternity. And you can find the rest that you've been seeking. I want to end with this. Matthew 18, verse 3. Assuredly, I say to you, unless you are converted and become as little children, you will, not, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Verse 4. Therefore, whoever humbles himself as a little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. You guys ever notice that kids don't trip about the world, about what's going on? Do you, do you notice or do you think that they're freaking out about the coronavirus right now? I'm sure a kid would love to go play at the park right now, would love to go play sports. But because he's told by his parents and, and the rest of society, they can't be doing these things. But they're not freaking out. And God is saying here in Matthew 18 verses 3 and 4, he's saying, man, if, unless you trust me like the, like the way a kid trusts their own parents... You won't enter the kingdom of God. You have to believe. You have to make that choice. Will you do that today? Will you humble yourself despite your feelings, despite the circumstances, despite the world and where we're at right now with this whole dang pandemic? Will you believe? Or will you not? I want to close with this uh, short excerpt that I took from uh, Pastor Jack at Juno Hills. Um, I hope it blesses you, encourages you guys. Love y'all. Till next time. Peace. Tiptoe around church. Why do we suffer so much angst and anguish and worry and fear when all of the promises of God are given to us and we act as though he's a liar? We, well, we would never call him a liar, but, you know, I know he said this, but I don't know if it applies to me. We're calling him a liar. Let's just confess that for what it is. Do you need strength? God is your strength. Whatever it might be, he is it. He's promised. 